grand fanfare welcome to our podcast, Keeping Up With The Windsors, dedicated to the royal family. Each episode will be crammed to the rafters with opinions, news and commentary on the comings and goings of the family of Windsor. With your hosts and royal fangirls, Rachel Andrews and Michelle Thole. So grab yourself a cuppa, straighten up your tiara, shine your knighthood, round up your corgis and and let's let's keep up with the Windsors. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Keeping Up the Windsors. I'm Rachel. And I'm Michelle. Hello everyone. You've been on holiday this week, Rachel. Whee! Yeah, I went to the seaside. I got really, really badly sunburned, <laughs> which <laughs> is not good. If you ever if you've ever seen a video or photo of me, you know that I'm pasty pasty white. So I just look at the sun and <laughs> <laughs> the burn comes out factor 50 all the way for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been back in Cardiff on the weekend visiting family, which I haven't seen my family since December, so it was really nice to be back and uh, see them all and give them a hug and stuff. So, yeah, we've uh, been gallivanting the le- length and breadth of Britain, haven't we? <laughs> Me and you, right? <laughs> now we know how the royals feel. <laughs> oh, I know. You just want your bed sometimes. <laughs> just chill out. Um, we have a another week of royal community questions coming up for you so we've had some corkers which we're going to add in as we're going if you want to add any questions or add oh do you know what Rach I didn't tell you this I've created a keeping up with the Windsor's email address did I did I tell you this yeah so anyone out there wherever you are in the world feel free to send us an email keeping up with the Windsor's pod at gmail.com and if you have any questions you'd like us to answer within the podcast, come on over to our Instagram at Keeping Up With The Windsors Pod. So whatever floats your boat, choose whichever way you'd like to talk to us. And like the town criers that we are, we will try and answer your questions as best we can. So shall we um, go straight into it with the Royal Roundup? Let's do it. So we start this week um, with some good news, which is Princess Anne turned 71. She had her birthday on the 15th of August. (laughs) Happy birthday, Princess Anne. And she was born at Clarence House, which is now the home of Prince Charles and the Duchess of Cornwall. Previously, it was lived in by the Queen Mother. Before the Queen ascended to the throne, it was where her and Philip lived with a young Princess Anne and Prince Charles. Clarence House has got a lot of history, hasn't it, within the royal family? A lot of history. And we we were saying that we really want to visit Clarence House, but it's not open until next year now, is it? That's right. And I think on the Clarence House socials in particular, they were showing some behind the scenes uh, pictures of in the garden. And last week, we also had a virtual tour on Google Culture. Um Princess Beatrice gave a Zoom interview to digital guest editor Giovanna Fletcher of Hello Magazine. And she talked about dyslexia and homeschooling. And here's what she said. If any child, any bonus son or future babies that are on their way are lucky enough to be diagnosed with dyslexia, I feel incredibly grateful to have tools such as the Helen Arkell Dyslexia Charity to be able to tap into to give them that extra support. And I think it's very important for every parent that they feel they are not alone in this. Now, she also mentions during the interview that her husband, Ido, is also dyslexic. And when she was asked about homeschooling, she said, that's definitely not my forte. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. 
which I really loved. <laughs> now, she did mention that her stepson, Wolf, was known as her bonus son. And I thought that was really cute. Yeah. Like, her bonus son is her saying stepson. So, yeah. What did you think of the interview? Yeah, it was um, it was very interesting to hear from her talking about a subject that obviously she deals with and she's dealt with since she was a child. Mm. And I think when um, I saw this interview, she was saying that when she was younger, when she looked at pages, a lot of words and sentences were all jumbled up. Obviously, I don't know what that's like because I'm not dyslexic, but I can imagine that's quite hard for a child. Mm. So to be able to get a diagnosis and to be able to be supported through a charity such as the Helen Arkell charity, it's amazing. I'm Mm. really happy to see Princess Beatrice supporting this. Yeah, definitely. Right, we move on to the Cambridges. So what was happening on the Cambridges socials this week, Rach? So we had a post about the Diana Award and its new five-year initiative, Future Forward, that will empower young people to make positive change. Yeah, we saw Harry a few weeks ago as well doing a speech for the Diana Award. So um, I think as we move along, we'll see a lot more information coming out about the Diana Award and the wonderful work that they do there. So let's move on to The Crown. The Crown! One of our, <laughs> one of our favourite shows. Um, we had some new photos this week of Princess Diana who will be played by Elizabeth DeBecky and Prince Child, played by Dominic West, from season five of The Crown. And over on our Instagram stories, we asked you, our lovely royal community, whether you liked the look of Diana and Charles in the pics released. 60% of you said you liked the look of Charles and 77% of you said you liked the look of Diana. So, yeah, I, um, I wasn't too sure on the Diana one, I've got to admit. I was the complete opposite. I'm not sure about Prince Charles, only because Dominic West and some of the roles he's played recently has messed with my head. And so so to see him as Prince Charles, I'm like, no. Yeah. And I think like we said before, it's it takes me a while to get into these people as the characters. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely gonna be one of those that I'm gonna have to rewatch it. What I'm annoyed about though, it's got nothing to do with the crown or the royals, is the fact that they're releasing all these new pictures. Where's the new pictures for Blooming Bridgerton? That's all I want to see. <laughs> I just want some Bridgerton news. Like, come on. It's like really grating on me now that I've had like no Bridgerton news. I'm just, oh, no, I need some Anthony Bridgerton news desperately. Yeah, and it's quite interesting though, isn't it? That they've released some things about the crown, but all the stuff for Bridgerton is being fan released. It hasn't been from Netflix um, itself. Yeah. Come on, give Rachel the Bridgerton news that she needs. <laughs> she needs to pump her veins full of Bridgerton. I deserve it. <laughs> yeah, and we haven't got a release date yet for The Crown, have we? But I'm guessing it's this year. It's normally towards the end of the year, isn't it? They release it. Yeah, I'm not quite sure because I know they've had a little bit of a um, tumultuous filming schedule because of COVID. I, I guess we'll have to watch this space. Yeah, um, it's got to be one of those things, isn't it, Rachel, where we have to just watch it and then just go with the flow. Yeah, I mean, is Diana going to be dressed as a tree again? Who, Who knows? knows? Who knows? Although I really do like the look of Elizabeth to Becky. And what is great is seeing, I think on Twitter I saw a picture of Emma Curran and then Elizabeth to Becky right next to each other, play, you know, the pictures from The Crown. And I think the trajectory of the way in which Diana looks, the style and the makeup and the hair, they've done a fantastic job. Also, speaking of um, Emma Curran, did you see the clip that 
um, on the Crown Instagram that they released of her singing that song from the Phantom of the Opera as Diana. It was yesterday. They released it yesterday. No, I don't. I haven't seen it. No. Oh, it was just. I was like, why aren't they releasing this now? This is a bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe to tide us over a bit. But again, I was like, I don't. I don't want this. I want Bridgerton. So. <laughs> I feel like you need to tweet them at Netflix UK. Oh, <laughs> give us some Bridgerton stuff. <laughs> Trust me, all the fandom are on it. I'm. I'm not. <laughs> You should see all these Twitter accounts that I follow. Oh. They're, on, they're on that Netflix every single minute of the day. <laughs> so, our lovely royal community, do you love Bridgerton as much as Rachel? Yeah. Right. So, moving on from the crown, we've had a very, very heavy global news week for everyone around the world. And the royals have released official statements in solidarity with those around the world suffering. So, let's start off with the Queen. The Queen sent a message of condolence to the Prime Minister of Haiti as the country was hit by a 7.2 magnitude tremor, an earthquake, and it was injured um, up to 10,000 people and killed nearly 2,000. So, I mean, absolutely catastrophic for them. And the Queen wrote, and this is the statement from her, I am deeply saddened by the tragic loss of life and destruction caused by the earthquake in Haiti. My thoughts and prayers are with those who have lost their lives, loved ones and homes, as well as the emergency services working in the recovery efforts. And actually on their Instagram, Rachel, if you have a look underneath and especially on their Twitter, the comment section had lots of people just saying, well, why don't you just donate to them and, and really, you know, calling the queen out, not just for her solidarity and con- condolence, but actually to put her money where her mouth is. I think we also need to be very wary that the royals can't get caught up in politics. And when you give aid to another country, that's a governmental decision to make. Mm. Now, she could potentially give it out of her own purse, And who knows, she might have already done that. We would never know that unless she stayed to herself. But I thought it'd be interesting to make that point today because I saw so many people commenting underneath. And it's hard because, yeah, I'm sure she would love to say to Boris Johnson, oh, give them a million pounds or something. Mm. But she just doesn't have that jurisdiction. And then if she gives money to one country... Is it then, is she expected to give money to another? Where does, where does it stop? Yeah, agreed. And also it looks like she's favoring one country over another and she's at the head of so many countries. It can actually be more detrimental than it is, you know, anything else, but she's used her voice. She's used her platform to create awareness around what's happening in Haiti. Um, And if that's what she could do, she's done it. And, you know, good honour for that. We also had Prince Charles speaking out about the wildfires in Greece, highlighting the work of the Red Cross. And I don't know if you saw these videos, but they were harrowing, Mm -hmm. weren't they? Absolutely terrible. Um, Just dreadful, just to lose your home, lose your income. Just, I just can't imagine what these people must be going through. Yeah. 
And he said, Greece still continues to be affected by wildfires with thousands of people evacuated from their homes. And then he said um, there was like a link that they put. So you can find out more about the work of the Red Cross and how you can help. Um, And we'll put that link in the show notes. Right, Michelle? Yeah, definitely. Any charity patronage link that we mention will always be in the show notes. So if you want to donate or if you want to get involved, you can click on those. We are not affiliated with any of the links that we put in there. They're just things that we've mentioned and might be helpful for you. So if that's something you want to do, head to our show notes. Then finally, we had Harry and Meghan this week with a statement from the Archwell website about the plight of the world, especially with the um, situation in Afghanistan at the moment. Now, I'm going to read the statement. And this statement said, the world is exceptionally fragile right now. As we all feel the many layers of pain due to the situation in Afghanistan, we are left speechless. As we all watch the growing humanitarian disaster in Haiti, we are left heartbroken. And as we all witness the continuing global health crisis exacerbated by new variants and constant misinformation, we are left scared. To start, we encourage you to join us in supporting a number of organizations doing critical work. We also urge those in positions of global influence to rapidly advance the humanitarian dialogue that are expected to take place this fall at multilateral gatherings such as the UN General Assembly and the G20 Leader Summit. As an international community, it is the decision we make now to alleviate suffering amongst those we know and those we may never meet that will prove our humanity. So that's the statement on the Archwell website. Then underneath the statement, there is the Archwell commitment to those charities. Remember, all of these sources will be put into the show notes. So I think one point to make here, Rach, first is a stark difference between the royal family's statements and Harry and Meghan's statements. You know, Harry and Meghan, there was a lot more emotive language. There was a lot more calling for organizations and, and, and political leaders to, you know, fuck their ideas up and help, but also then a call to action for everybody else. Whereas I feel like the royal family are very stifled in what they can say because they've got so many rules and reg- regulations around them. One of the main points here is seeing that now they're no longer part of the quote-unquote firm yeah they can now express themselves in a way that is a lot more uh let's put it a lot more woke there's a lot there was a lot of woke language wasn't there in that yeah and they wouldn't have been able to put out a statement like that if they were still working royals and they would have had to have waited for statements from the queen first and then it's normally charles then it's normally William and then it would have been Harry if he was still working in the royal family. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is um, great to see, great that they're highlighting all the work of these incredible charities and what they can do to help people around the world right now. I did see one criticism of this and that was they were asking the international community to get involved. So they're asking people to get involved. But some of the charities were actually american charities so not everyone within the world can click on and donate because of certain regulations so there were a few people um online that did say it would have been nice to have some international charities but it was wonderful to see the statements come out in solidarity and in with compassion and love towards everyone who's suffering right now and our hearts go out to everybody in haiti afghanistan and greece right now um and anyone else who's suffering it's absolutely an awful time and um hopefully 
you'll be able to um, help with any of the charities that have been raised today. Okay, so let's get on to our royal community question. Yay! It's obviously a summertime now when all the royals are on holiday. So we are using this time to answer the, your questions you have for us. Our first royal community question comes from Royal underscore Family of Britain. And they have asked, are you guys married? So are we married, Rach? No, we are not. Not to each other anyway. <laughs> <laughs> We've been friends for way many years and I am married. I've got a husband called Phil. And I am single. <laughs> so there we go. So that is our first uh, Royal Community question. Thank you so much for asking. And like I say, if you want to ask us any questions, head on over to Keep It Up With Wins' pod. We've got a question sticker up on our stories or DM us. Our next question comes from Zyme underscore Aurelio. And they ask, will William be a good king? What do you think? Will he be a good king? I think he will be a good king. Yeah. I mean, he's been molded for this role since he was a child, hasn't he? And that's all he's ever known is public life, public service. He comes across as a very personable person. He always seems to know how to make people feel at ease. I think he gets that from his grandmother. And he's watched, obviously, his whole family, you know, and walk about meeting different people. He has the chat, doesn't he? He's got the chat down. He does have the chat, yes. And I think he definitely has um, popularity on his side. And we've discussed this before, where a lot of people would prefer if William and Catherine were king and queen over Charles and Camilla. And we know that that won't happen. But I think a lot of people would like that to happen because he, William, is very popular. Popular, He has been ever since he was born, really. Yeah. The only time I've really seen criticism come up against him has been in the last year or so with the whole Harry and Meghan interview with Oprah and the aftermath of that. And I think as well, having Catherine as his partner by his side, that will definitely help because she seems to be quite a, um, you know, an influential person in his life. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It always reminds me of, I'm sorry to bring Christmas into this, but it always reminds me of just Santa Claus 2 when Tim Allen goes through that machine and then other Santas pop out. I feel like if you were to put like um, a, a statue of like a king and a queen out with pop William and Catherine, they are so the um, the ideal candidate for king and queen consort. And I also think that William is an extrovert. So we get this flair. We get this fun personality side to William whenever we see him. Plus also we have, we, we've embraced him. His mother passed away. It's like we embraced him as the arms of, you know, the Commonwealth and said, we'll look after you. So we want to see him succeed because we feel like we've invested within his own, his, his own development, if that makes sense. We've watched him educating himself in Scotland mm. and then having this beautiful family. And then obviously we get the 10 year amazing video of him and, and Catherine. And I guess in a way they they are the quintessential king and queen consort. Yeah, I think he's going to make an excellent king. But I think when it's Prince William's time to step into that role, number one, I think we'll be living in a completely different world. We'll be feeling differently. The world will look different. But also I think the way in which William will bring us with him, it will it'll mean a lot, I think, to all of the society. 
So what do you think? Do you think William's going to make a brilliant king? What do you think? Do you think he's going to be a good king or not? Let us know. Comment on the podcast or um, DM us on our Instagram and let us know. Why not email us? Keep it up with the Windsor's pod at gmail.com. So we've got our final question and it comes from Kelsey2965. And she's asked, what name do we think Prince Charles will take when he becomes king? Well, to me, this is a bit of an obvious one. I would just say it would be Charles. But if you look over the course of history, the names that are chosen, it's, it's not their Christian name. So for example, King George VI, who was the Queen's father, his name wasn't George. His name was Albert. It was, yeah, because they called him Bertie. Let me say something. I'm going to make a prediction. Are you ready? Go on. <laughs> I'm probably going to have egg in my face when this goes wrong. So Charles's given names are Charles, Philip, Arthur, George. And I believe in homage to his father, he will be called King Philip. That's what I believe. No, no way. No that way. is my <laughs> prediction. That is my prediction. Let's also put it into perspective. He'll be, if he does choose his Christian name, he'll be Charles III. Well, Charles I got executed. Charles II was, um, had to flee the country because obviously of Oliver Cromwell. So when he came back, it was like, yay, there's somebody back on the throne. But like the Charles name doesn't have a good track record. Let's put it that way. So maybe he's like, I I don't want to jinx it by calling myself King Charles the third, but who knows? Philip doesn't sound right though. King Philip, it doesn't sound, it doesn't sound British enough. Mm. I don't know why it just doesn't sound right. (laughs) Maybe there needs to be a change. I mean, I'm not, um, um, we've had King George We've had, have we had a King Arthur? We've had a King Arthur, right? Yeah. The round table. Yeah. I I honestly believe it'll be Philip or Arthur. My my first guess is Philip because it's such a homage, especially the fact that his, his father, the Duke of Edinburgh, dedicated his life and he couldn't give, quote unquote, his full name to his children. Um, it's hyphenated. So I feel like he might give his name to um, his kingdom ship whatever that means what does that mean is a is anointment of king you know what i mean dear listener i'm sorry (laughs) well i think michelle that you will be eating your words (laughs) (laughs) or if it is philip i'll be eating mine yeah yeah but i mean i don't know how far if what we believe on the crown we always revert back to the crown people it's not real life (laughs) it's not real life there's that scene when Elizabeth and Philip are coming back from Africa and they're on the plane. So there's someone that says to her, what do you want your name to be? And she says, well, what do you mean? He was like, well, what's your name going to be? She's like, well, Elizabeth, that is my name. Yeah. So Elizabeth II, you know, and it'll be interesting, like how far after hate to say it but when the queen passes away and we know that Charles is now king that we will find out his name I wonder how long it takes because we've never obviously been through this before we don't know yeah it's got to be such a strange thing isn't it it will be weird because everything will have to change like money in this country will have to change because obviously we have the queen's head on our on our coins on our notes on our postage stamps yeah on our stamps so over time, that will have to change. And then when it's William and George's turn, it will change again. Yeah. So that's what we think. Yeah. What do you think? What do you th- uh, He might even go rogue. He might call himself 
King Felix. Felix, <laughs> exactly. We're just going to be Felix, King Felix from now on. Oh, we could go French. You could go Louis. He's got a little grandson, Louis. He could, couldn't he? Yeah. Louis yeah. the first. There's never been an English Louis, so. I'm still sticking to my guns here. He's got to be King Philip. <laughs> it just sounds weird. I think I think King Charles. Mm. King Charles. Why would he change his name? Everybody knows him as Charles, like everybody. So I don't know why they would change it. I guess it was, it was strange when King George the Sixth changed his name. I mean, there's George in his name. He could, but he could be King George the Seventh. We don't know. Oh well, it's good to ponder these things, isn't it? Because that means the Queen, she's still alive. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God save the Jubilee Queen. next year. Yes. <laughs> we are so excited about the uh, the Jubilee. We're so excited. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Keeping Up with the Windsors. Again, you know, we've had a bit of royal news, but nothing, no engagements because it's summer and they're enjoying their summer holidays. But thank you so much for being here. Keep those questions coming in. We'll be answering more next week yeah and until next week we'll see you on keeping up with the Windsors. windsors